Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a night at the round table. This is Omina. I am going to be your host and also the guest at 10 o'clock. We have, we're going to have an exciting presentation on vicarious traumatization. That will be fun and it will help us identify how we're affected by events in the world, in our lives, in our past, even in our futures. So we will get there and do that. And tonight we're joined by our co-hosts, author and channeler, Caroline Oceana Ryan, who does wonderful work with her collective. We have Randy Miller, an energy healer. We have an energy healer, Fianek. And we will have Rama and Tara do their report around 9.30 to 10 o'clock. And then we will open up with the vicarious trauma. Anyone that's listening on the panel or in live, for 10 o'clock, please have a piece of paper and a pen because I'm going to give you all something to do, which definitely helps in what we're going to be talking about. And that goes for everybody. And we will start our meditation momentarily. I'm going to give out the phone numbers for anyone to call in as we go through our program because we're all available to answer your questions. And if you have a pencil, please write down the numbers, 888-429-5471. And the local number is 323-744-4841. And we will will repeat this as we go through. And anyone's name I'm not pronouncing properly, I do apologize because my accent gets in the way. So sometimes it's very hard for me to get it in my head and get it out of my mouth. And there we go. So if everybody is ready, I would like you to get in a relaxed state. I think tonight we're going to do a meditation on handling stress. So when everybody finds themselves in an anxious place or stressed out about something, we most certainly will have the benefit of being able to reduce our stress. Because stress comes from the outside and we internalize it. And it can do more damage to us than good. So if you get ready, please just relax yourselves wherever you are. Put your hands on your, on your knees with the palms upward. And take a couple of deep breaths, cleansing breaths, all the way to the bottom of your stomach. And bring it all the way back out again. And while you are doing that, inhale the violet transmuting flame to cleanse out any energy that you may have stored up there for the last couple of days or today or whenever. Just bring it all into your body, all the way down to your toes and bring it all the way back up again. And as you do that, open your mental eyes and imagine that you're right in front of a well-lit flight of stairs 
was ten steps in all, leading up to a large double door. The door can be any color you want it, so give it a color. And the stairs is well lit. So I'm going to count to ten, and with every number I count, I would like for you to mentally take one step. And by the time I've reached the number ten, the doors will open and you will cross over the threshold into the most beautiful place you could ever imagine. One, take the first step. Two, take the second step. Three, take the fourth step. Five, the fifth step. Six, the sixth, and so on. You're on seven, you're climbing up to eight, you're on nine, and now you're on ten. And the door opens and you cross over the threshold into the most beautiful place on earth. Most beautiful place you could ever imagine. As you mentally walk through this most beautiful place, touch the earth. What does it feel like? Smell the air. What fragrance do you perceive? Take a nice deep breath of the fragrance that you love and that you perceive to be there. Look at the sky. Is it cloudy? Is it sunny? Are they rainbows? Peaceful? Look around you. Are there any living creatures? Whatever living creatures are there, big or small, it will not do any harm. What do you hear? What do you see? Smell it, see it, touch it. Use all your senses to ground yourself in this beautiful, beautiful place. Now I'm going to count from 1 to 10 again. And with every number I count, you will slowly awaken. And by the time I reach the number 10, you will open your eyes, fully awake and feeling, feeling relaxed. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. You will fully open your eyes, fully awake, feeling relaxed, and feeling refreshed. You are learning to use a highly specialized part of your brain. And anytime you want, you can use this guided imagery to interact directly with your body. You can open lines of communication between your mind and your body and even your soul. And as you continue to use your imagination, imagine the warm golden sunlight filtering down into your skin and melting deeply within to every fiber, every cell of your body. The gentle penetrating warmth falls over you, around and through your muscles, allowing them to relax and uncoil. Feel the muscles in your neck and shoulders expand. Feel the blood flow freely, bringing fresh oxygen to your body and mind. Feel the warm ocean waves bathing you in a sea of warming, soothing relaxation. 
your body relaxes, the thoughts relax, and you go deeper and deeper into a deep, deep relaxation phase. You turn your torts inward now. You feel the elegance of a stress-free body and mind. Your heart rate and breathing are deep and rhythmic. Your muscles are uncoiled and yielding. You're totally calm, totally relaxed. So just relax. Relax. You can project your thoughts into the future. If you project any stress, or in traffic, or you're at home, you see the vision of where you are now in your brain, in your mind, and your body will automatically relax. Because even as you do this, your subconscious mind accepts these feelings as a correct response, response to a stressful situation. Your mind and body are being conditioned to respond calmly, peacefully to stress. Oh, and you can also turn your thoughts to a future task, to a task at hand. See yourself in that situation, create the vision. And just experience the wonder as your body and mind respond with tranquility, poise, and grace. Your heart rate is calm and your thoughts are serene. And as you take a couple of deep breaths, you'll become aware of being in your body, in your space, where you are now. And it is peaceful and warm and happy. And you are going to come up slowly. One, you're coming up slowly. You're slowly awakening. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're awake. You're very relaxed. You feel very refreshed. And all of the day's worries, the week's worries, the month's worries, the world worries have left your body your mind, your soul, and your mental space. So when you are ready, just come back into the room and let's have a conversation. Okay. Is everyone back with me? Or do I have to go get my bomb? I think we're back with you, Amina. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So are we ready to go around the round table and check in with everybody and see who's got something to give a report on? Who would like to go first? Let me see. Vianak, would you like to go first? I hope I pronounced your name right. Yes, uh, that'd be great, Amina. Thank you. Did I pronounce your name right? No. Okay, well, sorry about that. Pronounce it for me so I can hear it. Va-ni-yak. 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 Got it. Well, Thank hopefully you. I'll remember it. So, what do you have to tell us today? 
Uh, I am going to uh, share a presentation that I was listening to that I thought sums up uh, the conversation very well. And this is by uh, a doctor. And uh, I will begin it now. And uh, Is it long? Uh, five minutes. Okay. Dr. Pierre Corey. I cannot list, and I do not have the time today to talk about the innumerable. we can't hear it at all. Responses. Some of them are so obscene. There we go. You can't hear it? That's getting better. Something you did just now is making it better. Okay, this is Dr. Pierre Corey. Uh, you have to start over. Brian. Got it. Here. Okay. And I do not have the time today to talk about the innumerable, innumerable failed policy responses. Some of them are so obscene, absurd, illogical, and non-scientific that they, they're almost unspeakable. Things like, if you guys remember not testing the vaccinated things like not recommending vitamin d not checking vitamin d levels i mean things that are so so fundamental basic about science and medicine and that they've been avoided and i have to say i'm going to call it out and i'm known for this i call it like i said i'm calling attention to the corruption if you look at the innumerable failed policies there's only one way to understand them they are literally written by pharmaceutical companies. Almost every single policy serves the interest of a pharmaceutical company. However, if you look outside the United States and look around the world, there have been numerous successes. As one of the world experts on ivermectin, let me just talk about some programs which used ivermectin. My colleagues here, as Dr. Rich just pointed out, there are a number of compounds that we've identified that are effective in early treatment. Almost all of them are repurposed or generic. But let me just say a few words about ivermectin and what it's doing around the world, not in the United States. In the United States, it's a horse dewormer, it's horse paste, and only the illiterate, ignorant, and, and or unvaccinated use it. But let's talk about some of those successful programs. Number one, across the world, there have been programs by health ministries which employed either widespread distribution or test and treat programs. I'm going to list them for you today. Listen well. That medication has been shown to literally solve the pandemic in numerous regions around the world. Mexico City, December of 2020, their state health system deployed an early test and treat program. They deployed 250 mobile testing units throughout Mexico City, and they had treatment kits. They used and they collected data on 120,000 people. 50,000 of them took treatment kits, and they found in those who were given treatment kits that up to 75% avoided hospitalization. Up to 75% avoided hospitalizations. Their hospitals emptied. Argentina, La Misiones, another health ministry, early test and treat with 
significant dosing for five-day strategy. They found that over 4,000 patients, again, 75% reduction in the need for hospitalization and an 88% reduction in death. They were avoiding hospitalization and avoiding dying. The miracle of Uttar Pradesh, which is not covered in any newspaper in almost any country around the world, they literally eradicated COVID from its borders. It's a poor state in northern India, using 90, over 70,000 Healthcare workers distributed across the country or their state. They visited 97,000 villages. They tested early. They gave everyone ivermectin and early treatment. They gave household members ivermectin for prevention, and all of the healthcare workers took it. In September of 2021, they reported that in 67 of the 75 districts, there was not one active case. Their positivity rate in the previous two and a half million tests was 0.007%, which is effectively zero. They eradicated COVID from their borders. This was not covered. This was not covered. Two newspapers in India covered this, and the word ivermectin was not mentioned. The Brazilian city of Itajai, this is a paper that was published in the last two weeks, it is one of the most remarkable studies in the history of medicine because it included complete data on 160,000 people in the city of Itajai, where that health ministry in June of 2020 offered its entire citizens inhabitants the opportunity to take ivermectin as a preventative. 113,000 people decided to, and something around 50,000 did not. And when you compare the two groups, even though the group that elected to take it was sicker, older, more overweight, much more disease, they got the disease 50% less. They went to the hospital 68% less, and they died 70% less often. It is a truly remarkable study using immense amount of, of data. La Pampas, Argentina, same thing, early test and treat programs. Uh, thank you. I just wanted to share that because I felt it was a ray of hope for those people who uh, would uh, avail themselves of a proven effective program. Thank you. I passed the talking stick. Thank you very much for the information. How about you, Caroline? What do you have to report? Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Vinayak. That's that's really needed to be said, I think. Um, well, I'm just feeling that these energies are so incredibly powerful. They're enough to knock you over, practically. I have just been feeling kind of spacey and not terribly awake. And in a sense, there's a building sense of excitement because I know that Rama has been saying and I've been channeling that full disclosure is unfolding beautifully and we will experience it. And that means Nasara we will experience. But I mean, other than this growing sense of excitement for that, it's almost like sleepwalking. It's very strange. And I feel like we're being... I don't want to say anesthetized, but we're being kind of, we're being kept in as calm a state as possible and encouraged to rest more. That's my impression. 
because then this beautiful light pouring in that is renewing and redoing all of our systems, uh, every cell being rewritten, our DNA being upgraded, our consciousness moving to a higher level, then that work can come in and just do what it needs to do. And there's less wear and tear on you and me. We're just uh, able to rest and, and quietly accept it. It's interesting because we don't go into relaxation very often, particularly in Western culture. We like to be busy, 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 very productive, always moving. Everything's going here and there. And it's not very, that's not very conducive to staying calm. And uh, Omina was helping us with that with her lovely meditations. But uh, in general, we don't take time to really slow down, really calm down, go into our breath and go into a meditative state or just a quiet receptive one where we're only listening, say, to high vibrational music or sound healing and the sounds of the birds in the morning, the wind through the trees, something that puts us in our parasympathetic state. And I feel that we are being adjusted right now, that there's a lot of work being done, not only on our consciousness, but how we see life and how we take life. So that's just what I've been noticing. And I just want to share. Thank you so much. And, uh, oh, Omina, I'm sorry. I muted you because of background noise. So please do unmute. <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem at all. Randy, are you ready? I am. Okay, Hi. let's let's try this here. Okay. okay can, this is not quite ready yet. Uh, let, let, can you hear that? Yes. Oh, well, it's so great. We didn't see you pop up right away. Laura, uh, great to have you this morning. I wanted to start with this breaking news overnight uh, that uh, it appears. And there you are. You popped up for us. It's so great to see you. Um, the Daily Mail has a very interesting story that's saying uh, that Vladimir Putin essentially may be running out of bullets, that he might have a week and a half, two weeks max. He's losing warplanes, tanks, all the rest of it. He obviously went into this thinking he was going to bulldoze his way through Ukraine. He's obviously caused a lot of destruction. Don't want to minimize the fact there's over two million refugees. But this has not gone as well as Vladimir Putin expected. I don't buy it for a second, and I'll be honest with you. I really think that um, there's so much misinformation. We've never really seen anything like it. I mean, I've been covering wars now for 35 years and I have never seen people with their nails done in the Ukrainian flag right I mean we're being corralled into this box where we either have to hate Vladimir Putin and believe everything evil that's said about him and love Ukraine and there's no in between and that reminds me a lot of you're either you know um, a white supremacist or you go with the democrat narrative on everything under the sun so um Vladimir Putin knew exactly what he was doing when he went into Ukraine. The Russian military isn't perfect. They, for example, I've spoken to multiple defense specialists and intelligence specialists from a defense intelligence agency who studied the Russian military for years. They do have a difficulty mounting complex air operations because they do very little um, training hours in comparison to, for example, the United States um, air assets, right, our fighter jet pilots. But Russia um, is not struggling. Uh, what Russia has done from the very beginning has been very strategic. They didn't go straight to Kiev. They went to all those uh, bioweapons laboratories that are scattered all over the country. Some of them they built, so they know where they mm-hmm. are. They've known where they are since the Soviet Union, because under the Defense Threat Reduction Program, um, we went in after the fall of the Soviet Union and supposedly turned those facilities 
in from bioweapons labs into public health labs. Although, um, you know, these days it's hard to believe anything that our leaders tell us because they've lied about COVID, they lied about Russia collusion, they lied about the Ukraine impeachment trial, and there's so much more going on in Ukraine that nobody is talking about. You see such dishonesty when it comes to the history of Ukraine. You see dishonesty when it comes to the Azov Battalion, which is funded by the U.S. and NATO. I mean, you can find pictures of them online holding up the NATO flag and the swastika at the same time. Their own emblem Mm -hmm. contains the Black Sun of the Occult, which was a Nazi SS emblem. And it also contains the sideways, you know, uh, lightning insignia of the SS. I mean, this is on throughout the Ukrainian military. You can see that Black Sun of the Occult on their uh, body armor, even on the female soldiers who are paraded in front of the world as being, you know, such an example of Ukraine's um, independence and spirit and nobility. Even they are wearing the Black Sun of the Occult. And, you know, we want the White House wants you to believe, well, this doesn't matter. It's just a small number of troops. It's not true. The Azov Battalion has been murdering its way through eastern Ukraine. We don't want to admit this. This was why Crimea voted for independence. This is why Crimea wanted to be with Russia, because we in the media, in the Western media and in the West, won't acknowledge the reality of what's gone on. Western Ukraine backed the Nazis. It was a headquarters for the Nazi SS. The CIA under Alan Dulles actually gave immunity from prosecution to the Nazis of Ukraine from the Nuremberg trials. So um, there's a long history of the United States and our intelligence agencies funding and arming Nazis in Ukraine. These are not like neo-Nazi groups that sprung up. These are the actual Nazis from the Second World War, who if you go back to the Nuremberg trials, said that they were planning for a thousand year run. And so you have to really wonder as you look at this, when you know that the CIA sponsored the color revolution in Ukraine in 2013 and 14, that they selected Ukraine's leaders, go to the, um, go to Victoria Newland's leaked phone conversation where she and the U.S. ambassador are deciding who can lead Ukraine. I mean, there's as much right. interference here as you could possibly imagine before right. you Laura- even get to Hunter Biden, Nancy Pelosi, John Kerry, mm-hmm. and Mitt Romney, and all of their children who are employed, who are millions from Ukrainian you are gas pointing, companies. Yeah, you were pointing, pardon me, to a real credibility crisis for our leaders. I don't let Karen Turk jump yeah, in. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring up the fact that President Zelensky is Jewish, and I don't know exactly how this factors in, but there's some very interesting points in what you're saying. And looking at this, you know, you could think it's political theatrics, you you know, made a very good point at the beginning that you think that Putin is con- in control. And I actually want to play something that Jen Psaki said, because it seems that the White House is actually echoing that sentiment. Watch this. Well, the end game is really a question for President Putin. We have we have completely crushed his economy. Uh, we have provided military assistance, humanitarian assistance to the Ukrainians, enabling them to fight back for far longer uh, than the Russian leadership uh, anticipated. Uh, and again, he has to uh, he has determined what the path forward looks for like for him. Thanks, everyone. He's determining you know, what this looks like. And I think that's a lot of what you said, Laura. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. What you just watched. What troubles me about the moment that we're in is that we have such a selective and a narrow reading of history. You know, President Zelensky may be Jewish, but he's not the only one in this who suffered during the Second World War, whose ancestors suffered, right? I mean, look at Putin. How many relatives did he lose in the siege of St. Petersburg? 
People don't know their history. They don't know what made Vladimir Putin. And I'm not a defend, you know, I'm not defending him. I don't need to defend Vladimir Putin. My job as a journalist is to try to understand what is the truth here. I don't like being lied to. And we're being lied to on an epic scale. When we're told your only choice is you have to be 100% with Zelensky, who's a puppet, who you can find on the internet in black stilettos and leather pants, you know, with shirtless, doing a spoof, dancing with the stars kind of entertainment video. That's a mock of a Ukrainian group that does this kind of satanic occult type of uh, music video. And I mean, Zelensky was selected like so many of our leaders. And honestly, with, with big tech, and with election fraud these days, we don't know how many leaders all around the world have been yeah. selected for us and weren't actually voted in. But what we do know is that there are increasing problems with technology and the digitization of our world. Because look at what's happening with COVID. Look at what has happened globally. We are fighting the same battles all over the world. To pretend that this war is about Russia and Ukraine is a just a barefaced lie. Yeah. If Putin has been warning for 15 years that he is not going to stand by while the globalists take over the world, build bioweapons facilities and whatever else they're doing in Ukraine, Ukrainian yeah. oligarchs. Ukraine has been a center of money laundering for you know many of the leaders in this country for how long? Billions of U.S. dollars have been laundered through Ukraine, and we say nothing about it. These are our tax dollars. I mean, before the impeachment trial, had you ever heard of anyone in the United States, I mean, us bringing in foreign governments to the White House for anti-corruption right. training. I mean, does nobody question these things? Why do we not question them? We have an well, idiot uh, like Lieutenant Colonel Vindman hmm. who goes at the impeachment trial and sits there as a lieutenant colonel. He didn't even make colonel. And he's telling the president of the United States what his policy should be. You have a traitor in the form of Maria Yovanovitch, who was Obama's ambassador, who's telling Ukrainian mm -hmm. government officials, don't listen to the will of the American people. Don't listen to well, the election results. We are the true leaders of America. I mean, and then people object when the woman isn't even fired. She's given a cushy job for life at Georgetown University at the expense of the U.S. taxpayer. And we're told that the president of the United States cannot say to his foreign counterparts, you know, that we want yeah. you to look into something. But Joe Biden he can withhold as much aid as he wants to. I mean, right. there's so much hypocrisy and dishonesty here. And Ukraine is well, at the center of it all. Go back to Russia collusion. Go to Alexander Chalupa. Go to Eric Caramella, the, the whistleblower who went to work for Adam Schiff, who wasn't really a whistleblower. Right. And all those corrupt people in the deep state. And you know what? The deep state isn't a theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's an actual deep state. Look up the SES, the Senior Executive Service. Because when that bureaucracy was ushered into law in the United States right. of America, that's when we got a bunch of unelected bureaucrats well, pulling the strings behind the scenes. And these are Laura, the people that keep lying to us. Absolutely. And pardon me, we've got a, a live chat where we're streaming on Getter, for example, and I'm watching it as you're talking. People are talking about how you're dropping truth bombs and you're a real journalist. And I know that having worked alongside you for many, many years when you're at CBS and many other places. And maybe they didn't want to hear the truth but you're dropping those truth bombs now. Unfortunately, we've got to hit a break right now. We'd love to have you back in the days ahead. We love having you on. Laura Logan, thanks for joining us on Real America's Voice. There you have it. That's mainstream news. Thank and that's you, quite a change. I pass the talking stick back to you, Amina. Well, you, 
Can I ask what network that was and who was the broadcaster? Do you do you know? That was all it was America's Voice AM. Real America yeah, Real American's Voice. That's what it said. Okay. So have we talked to everybody around table except Ram and Tara? Well, Penny or and Micah. Well, I don't Micah know. Here? I, yeah. I'm sure they can definitely add, but I don't know if they have long things to I've say. Got, I've got a report. <clears throat> Hi, thank you, Amina, and thank you, Randy, and everybody else. And um, greetings to all of our listeners from around the globe and throughout the cosmos. I've got a report today from uh, this morning's Knowledge Seekers Workshop with the public teachings from Mr. Kesh. I'm going to quote Mr. Kesh right now. As I said to the heads of the Kesh Foundation team who are responsible for different aspects of it, we will start the flight systems from now. Kesh Foundation in the next few days will fly the units across the U.S. to Nassau, to Arizona, to Tehran, and Vienna. We are back on track as we achieve what we set out to do the peace process. As was said in the past few hours, and this was uh, around two in the morning, so it would have been uh, roughly midnight time Pacific. This just happened, which would translate, uh, sorry, excuse me, peace has been taken and claimed as and claimed its position to create world peace. His Excellency, President Biden, now, at first, I got to just interject here. At first, when I heard him say that, it kind of made me cringe a little bit. But I realized this is about peace and respecting every human being on this planet. This, so, His Excellency President Biden has taken that position, which means the wishes of the Universal Council has been fulfilled. Now we have a leader who takes peace serious and is committed to it through the wishes to guide the world leaders into peace. And as I wrote to the American ambassador in Vienna in the past few hours, in response to the signing of the peace treaty with Iran and the end of the sanctions that America cannot use the technology for the Keshe, of the Keshe Foundation to harm another. And in with that, we have gifted a unit to Nassau, which means Arizona and Nassau, hand in hand, will fly together. In a way, the Keshe Foundation knowledge and the governmental knowledge of the American government will become hand in hand as one unit. The way it will be with Iran, the way it will be with Austria, and the same with China in the coming time. We need the Chinese leadership to commit itself to peace and they will receive the technology and the know-how, not as a competition to be a superpower to impose. We've seen the situation in Ukraine and you understand why we have never included Russia at this moment in time as part of the Keshe Foundation delivery system. As we were aware of what is to come and the situation in Ukraine was very clear from some six to seven years ago. Once Russia commits itself to peace, it will receive the technology. 
As I said to the heads of the Keshe Foundation in the past couple days, we have within three to five units per week to allocate to the nations of the world. You will see the delivery of the enhancement units freely by the Keshe Foundation to all the nations, and we promise in the coming weeks. Now, we are not a sect. We are not a religious organization. We are an organization structure that understands the reality about the process of creation and how mankind can work, endeavor to reach a better point of understanding of the process of our own creation. We used to look at the sun for millions of years. We saw the warmth of it. Then some of us decided to make everything from the solar system and everything else from his rays. We learned how to convert. Now we have to understand how to convert the knowledge of the creator, even within, even with the systems, and then man on his own, to benefit of the elevation of the soul of the man. The understanding of the process of the teaching has been step by step, that you had time to play, to mature. When we have a baby on the playground, never seen anything, we give her a little toy. We give her something to touch that it can understand that this is my finger and these are my toes. And then when she understands more, we give her another piece and then we give her something else to elevate. To learn more about the vision and the colors, what color is what? And then the sounds. In all my teachings, I've done nothing but this. The human race is in the infancy of the knowledge. So we gave you the magrabs. We gave you the stacker unit, the five cup system. We gave you the other bits that you don't need to see the colors, but you become aware of the fields, the emotion of the fields. Go back on the teachings of the last few years. I kept on telling you, you are looking for physicality where you have to look for the fields. This is the reason now you understand why you cannot fly with Magrav, but you can fly on the fields of the Magrav. You cannot get energy from the universe from the Magrav, but you can use the fields from the Magrav to tap into universal energy. I gave you the most powerful generator, and you're still after the crumbs. He's speaking about uh, people um, keeping their focus on the physicality as opposed to the fields. So the purpose of the teaching of today is to open another channel in the line of the communication, which up to now we have not covered much in the teachings in the past 10 years. Now that the knowledge seekers, the governments, and the scientists are ready to take the step towards peace, to be able to communicate, to be able to be respectful of each other's existence, not only on this planet and beyond, we open the knowledge of the communication in the world of what we call the universe. In the dimension of the plasma fields, 
in the dimension of the creation and the creator. Maybe one day you will understand and some of you will elevate to the full understanding of the teachings. How we built up for you to feel the fields. We give you the cup of life. To understand it goes in my body. To understand it goes in my body and it does something I cannot do. And it's there. Nothing was better for us than the corona. For humanity to learn about the creation work interaction of the fields within the body of the man. And it's very interesting how he says that because this corona, as soon as it hit, he released the cup of life for the world. And so many ways, and so in many ways, we have no choice. Man has been too lazy and too self-centered to learn about the works of creation. So we do the job for you in different shape or forms, as a cup of life, as a magrav system, as ganses, as a flight system, and gradually man will learn. Now you see the color of the beauty of the creator. And with that, I pass the talking stick back to you, Omina. Thank you, Micah, for all of that information. Is there a reference to where people can go and with a lot of information that they can check up on it if they want to? Absolutely. Um, and that's only a very small fraction of the knowledge that was shared in this public teachings, which is the Knowledge Seekers Workshop, number 424. You can just type that into your Google search and or YouTube search and it'll come up. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. And I pass the talking stick to Rama and Tara. And what do you have to say, Rama? Tara? Greetings, as fresh as you can say. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you. I forgot to say that. Absolutely, Happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you. Thank you. Um, And I hope that, I mean, I hope that Penny is, I don't know if she's got something or not. I didn't hear one peep out of her. So anyway, Um, I was waiting to be asked. Oh, sorry about that, Penny. We're kind of running out of time here. Well, I, I, I won't take long, Omina. Uh, actually, I think the, the little piece I have here is a really nice bridge between all the stuff that you've been going on and into what Rama's going to talk about. You know, so it's something that um, from um, it's something from Cryon. It's very short. With all of the items on Earth that seem to be negative right now, which is what we've just been talking about. We're giving you the most powerful, inspirational, hopeful news that has ever been given. That the veil is being postured to be slightly lifted. Well, we know that it's a lot lifted now. But it's been reduced to a place where you can move into another dimension, keeping the one you're in. In the process, wisdom will replace chaos and answers to eons of strife may be revealed. In order to move forward with this, And here's 
the important part too, besides being lifted into another dimension, we're going to have to tune in to a new, new radio station, the one that we can't see or hear, the one that's beyond our senses. Let's call it the way it is, he says. You're going to have to calibrate, or we're all going to have to calibrate to the new universal energy. This is not a new attribute of Earth. This dimensionality has always existed on the planet. And, but it has been out of reach to everyone but the avatar or shaman until now. And I pass the talking stick to Rama because I know what the segue, that's the segue into Rama's stuff. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, Rama, you there? You're on. Okay. Okay. Um, I just want to make a statement before we, Rama's going to read the uh, uh, short epistle we have here for the week, um, that it's not about Putin. That's really important. It's about the oligarchs. Or what's another name for the oligarchs? Archons. Archons. And uh, in other words, it's about the archons in Russia and the archons in the United States and the West collaborating to create a huge cover-up fake story. And that lady that uh, Randy put on there she covered it all but she didn't she didn't get that it's not Putin uh, it's kind of an important piece because the old game that the West has been using to do all the dirty deeds themselves but they always blame it on him and that's not what's happening here and of course the oligarchal uh, characters that Putin's got to contend with Again, in the most recent of times, they have collaborated with the oligarchal overlords or archons of, of you know, European ones and the United States and the UK. They've all, so there's a war between archons or oligarchs going on. They and all the figureheads are just like, they don't have nothing to say in the sense in the ultimate story. Well, it's going to turn out of all the crimes that this Western set of archons have committed at the behest and best intelligence of the Vatican. We cannot forget about the Vatican. The Vatican's got still, it looks like they're receding in the, uh, and they are, but so are all the rest of their point people and the, in in a sense, because of what? Because of the light that is far exceeding this darkness. It cannot catch up or in their trying, but it's not working. And people have had it, you might say. So I wanted to say that. And uh, pass the talking stick to you, Rama. And anybody who's got questions, you better jump in really fast. Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay i don't quite know how to describe 
what's going on, except to put it in the realm of a story, you know, right out of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby that is out of the comic books because we are playing with megalomaniacs that are connected for all intents and purposes with the Archons and the Fallen Angels and they are playing with just touching on sidereal weapons that can destroy a planet and I have to just say there are so many folks that are screaming in my ear no nuclear war And at the same time, they're touching on these words that um, Ben Stewart uses in Chimatica and Zeitgeist, word magic, how Mm -hmm. it twists people's minds and hearts. Mm -hmm. And these guys have been playing with it for 13,000 years, 16,000 years. You know, I don't know how far back it goes but uh, 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 this is Friday Rosa from Palestine I received a call from Rosa from Palestine at 11.30am late this morning we must be kind and loving to each other she said the end game is at hand they, the dark side, are playing into Mother's paws. Send more love to all the situations on Mother Gaia. There are about to be very huge discoveries in the archaeological world, which have to do with our brothers and sisters from the stars. We are one people, the rainbow nation of Mother Gaia. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Satnam Namaste, Blaze of Violet Fire. And this is Saturday from Leonora, the 12th. I received the text message from Leonora at 11, 12 a.m. this morning. She said to me, Lord Rama, all of this may be over by the end of March, Call in all the forces of light. Satnam Namaste Blaze the Violet Fire. And this is the Dalai Lama. Um, he was talking to a group of newly ordained novice nuns at the conclusion of the ordination ceremony at his residence in Dharmasala. India on March 14th and there's a picture in our update Uh, this is Monday Tom the ringtail cat I received a call from Tom the ringtail cat at 12.15pm this afternoon he said to me Lord Rama the so called controllers of Russia the Russian oligarchs would like to put nuclear weapons in Belarus. We are playing out the end times story here. The 13 families want to pull off a false flag event, like a fake alien invasion. They would love to do that. That would take up 
all the air in the room with all the lamestream media, and I must call them lamestream media because they are lapdogs to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I have no other words. This is the absolute last card. Dr. Greer has talked about this so many times. He added that Project Bluebeam Project could project a holographic image of Lady Died showing up in the sky. This is one scenario or way of distracting people. When the 13 families would really what what the 13 families would really like to do is scare everyone with a fake alien invasion as that were to occur captain astar or his representative would take to the airwaves and let everyone know on mother gaia know that these are the naked emperors that have no clothes and they would be exposed for the criminals that they are. And this is already happening. We, the Galactics, are here with the whole of heaven. War is never the answer. Goddess is here. Take that to heart. She is moving tremendous amounts of energy for good right now. The solar flares continue. Stay in the violet flame. All we are saying is get peace a chance. Satnam Namaste. This is Rosa from Tuesday. At 12.10, early this afternoon, I received a call from Rosa from Palestine. She said to me, Lord Rama, the ships are here, and they are being seen all over the Middle East. They're being seen over Ukraine and Russia. I wanted to just say one thing that I didn't, for, I forgot you we all. Today is Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, in addition, uh, there is a Jewish feast. Is it today? It says here, um, Jewish, oh, U- Purim. Jewish yeah. Ukrainian refugees celebrate Purim in Hungary. Well, that's a very interesting thing, along with St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, Purim is an interesting story, and it involves King Solomon and Queen Hatshepsut. And they don't tell the real story in many of the Jewish stories. And all these people were black. They weren't white. Um. Uh, we the galactics are here with the whole of heaven war is never the answer goddess is here take that to heart oh rosa (laughs) the ships are here they are being seen all over the middle east they are being seen over ukraine and russia as well as other many other places across the planet We are in the most intense time ever. The dark side is playing out their last card. And their very last days and hours. 
send more love to all the situations. All the angels and masters are here. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Sat Nam Namaste. Blaze the fire. This is Wednesday. I received a text message at 12.15 p.m. early this afternoon from Tom, the ringtail cat, and sweet Angelique the cat. They said to me, Lord Rama, we are over the Arctic Circle in a shuttlecraft. We are on patrol, so to speak. As the old order of crime families information is coming out across the internet, the empire of fallen angels is at hand. This is happening because our sun is going through its transfiguration. The 13 families know about this transfiguration of the sun and cannot stop it nor can they can change it, and they can't handle it. This is the time where she who was here before the gods were here returns with the entire company of heaven. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Namaste. And today I talked with Lady Nada at 12.05, early this afternoon, she said to me, Lord Rama, the mainstream media along with the dark side are a bunch of ravenous wolves. They want to create an extinction-level event. They love high drama. At this moment, they cannot control the fallen matrix anymore. This is a war between the 13 families and their overlords, the fallen angels. At this moment, our son Saul continues to send out massive solar flares. Let us focus on the light of spring, equinox and the return of the Christ. Rejoice. The most radiant ones are here. And they are us. As Yoko <laughs> Ono says, war is over as you want it. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam Namaste. Place the violet fire. And this is the Oracle Report. You want me to read that? Sure. Okay, everybody. This says it all, too. It's very. Uh, this is talking about the Sabian symbols from Dane Yudyar's uh, book. Rudyar. Rudyar. Yes. Yeah. Okay, the full moon enters at 2.18 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Friday. Tomorrow, manana, March 18th, 2022. The full moon forms a grand trine with Pluto, which symbolizes transformation, and the North Node, which symbolizes future and destiny. This is highly significant. Whatever transpires over the 3.7 days of the moon phase will have implications for the future. 
We're right in the middle of that. Okay, before we dive into the energetics, here is a list of synonyms for transformation. Which word resonates with you? Which word can you pair with the great Pluto return to remember that's a 246-year cycle that we're going through. It only happens every 246 years. That's a very large situation here. To remember that it is a, grand, a good thing. Alter, revamp, revolutionize, convert, reconstruct, transmute, transfigure, renew, mutate, mold, translate, switch, commute. And the first uh, of this is called seizing power. The Sabian symbol for the full moon at 28 Virgo is, quote, a bald-headed man who has seized power, unquote. The astrology tells us that he is leading the revolution against the archons and their minions. In the world theater, this is Putin. And um, just to remind everybody, he's been in that body for 500 years. He's not uh, the painting uh, of the... Uh, empire's world view. Russia, Russia's actions are forming the future in a very positive way. On the micro level of, not the way the media is reporting it, of course, on the micro level of our individual lives, the full moon is about seizing our willpower. It is about tempering our responses and maintaining our equilibrium. This could be a challenge for people who are heiress point dominant. Eris is is the symbol of the devil. Eris is Aries yeah. sister, and another name for her is discord and she loves yes. to stir the pot in a negative way. It's not good. So again, this sentence says this could be a challenge for people who are heiress point dominant because Saturn is in exact sextile uh, to this heiress point. Saturn says there is too much going on. I think we can all agree with that. And he wants to be part of it. What does Saturn bring us right now? Quote, a woman disappointed and disillusioned, courageously facing a seemingly empty life. Unquote. Ah, Saturn. Let's continue and hold the thought. Three, the sun is full. At the full moon, the sun is discharging, quote, a fertile garden under the full moon. How appropriate. The sun is full of mass coronal ejections right now. Yet that would take another oracle report for those. But Rama, you can say that the mass coronal ejections that are coming in, they've been nonstop for months. Yeah. And they're getting stronger and stronger. They are a catalyst to talk, don't stop halfway. 
it is raising us up physically and there are anomalies occurring constantly and our scientists aren't talking about it but it is being brought into the forefront that things aren't as they seem to be because we are getting our Jedi abilities as we tune in and listen to the force. I'm not kidding. It's happening. Yes. And of course the requirement is that simply open our hearts. That's right. That's required. Yes. So the sun, as we were saying here is full of mass coronal ejections right now. Yet that would take another Oracle report. So mama gave it in a little small thimble full. We will stick to the overflowing astrology. The symbol tells us that we have all that we need. There are opportunities, many of them, that are available. Look outside of the box and see what is there. See what is in there, hiding. Is there fulfillment for Mercury's museum? Mercury has has come to 13 Pisces. The degree of this Pisces cycle, the symbol, let me just turn the page here. Symbol is, quote, a sword used in many battles in a museum, unquote. This is about war and peace. The sword is used to figure, excuse me, to fight. And that it is memorialized in order to prevent fighting. Over the full moon, people are thinking about and talking about what is happening. This will shift the transformation to higher levels of thought. And Venus joins in with five people on a vast staircase graduated upwards. Venus is pulling things up. This is the evolution of the revolution. Viva la evolution. Yet before Venus moves to the vast staircase, it will complete discharge of, quote, during a silent hour, a man receives a new inspiration which may charge his life, change his life, excuse me, unquote. So before we rise, we have a a tete-a-tete with higher powers. A full moon grand trine is the sort of thing that can change our lives. Take a moment to connect in and receive inspiration about what is happening in your life. Six, Mars Eagle. Mars is discharging, quote, a flag burned into an excuse me, turned into an eagle. Very good. In context of the full moon astrology, the bald-headed man's operation, an ideal toward freedom and God, is soaring. This applies to our willpower as well. Mars energy is uplifting. Seven, Dark Father. Today is 10 read in, Zol- in the Zolki. 
10 is darkness, deconstruction, and chaos. Read is duty and, and doing the right thing. The full moon enters during the night, New York time, which is where we focus as a location for the collective of humanity. The Zolkine runs from sunrise to sunrise. So even though it is a new Gregorian day, it is still the energy of 10 Reed. Russia is the hidden or unknown place. And then in parentheses, it says dark. That is in implementing deconstruction of the archontic system. Yep. And the disruption causes chaos. Chaos is a part of transformation. We need deconstruction to set things right. Putin is the archetypal, quote, unquote, dark father. He was born under the energy of 10 in the Zolki. The thing is that that's a fictitious date, the date of his birth, since he's been around for 500 years. But we'll go on. Uh, then it's got number eight, and it says T. T, T-E-A, played a big part in the revolution of America. Pluto is discharging, quote, a woman reading tea leaves, unquote. <laughs> we see the future as we study astrology. We see that the full moon has long-lasting impact. We know when to observe. And we can become objective, discerning in our own way. Back to Saturn. I never forgot Saturn, a fertile garden, seizing our own power. A sword is put away and, back, and, and left to others to remember what it was like to take out the archons in silence. God speaks to us. We are aligned with fellow wise owls of the large aviary that is going somewhere. And then in parentheses, it says up. A flag is waving the willpower of the eagle. Can I interrupt, please? Yes. Maybe you can make a reference to the rest of that because we're going into time and I would like to cover my vicarious drama. There's only two more lines. How about that, Omina? Okay, make them quick. Is there any? Yes. Is there anything to worry about? After the chaos, the world became fertile. After the archons, there is no no more need for war. I pass the talking stick back to you, Omina. Thank you so much. And again, I'm going to repeat the numbers if people want to call in and ask any questions that they want. Um, the number is 888-429-5471 or call locally 323-744. 
And now I would like to start off with get a pencil and paper because this is going to tell you where you're at. And I'll tell you what the meat at the by the time we, the thing it's over, I'll tell you what it means. So what I want you to do, it's fun to do this. I want you to write down, you list your first favorite animal. And then I want you to write down your second favorite animal. Your favorite time of the day. Also, you were sitting in an all white empty room. There's absolutely nothing in the room. It's all white. And what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Write it down. And the next thing is you are in the Amazon jungle. What is the first feeling that comes to your mind? That's the fun piece. Now, this other part, this is just write down the number between one and five. One is rarely and one and five is frequently. We're going to go through symptoms of vicarious trauma on the mental, emotional, physical and spiritual levels. We're starting off with the physical. So write down a number beside what you experience on a regular basis besides anyone that might be out there that might have medical things that gives them some of these. If it gets worse, you still put a number beside it. Headaches, neck and shoulder pain, lower back pain, knee and ankle pain, changes in sleeping habits or eating habits, lack of time or lack of lack of time or energy for self. Digestive elimination problems and frequent illnesses like colds and maybe bouts going to the doctor, those kind of things. And the emotional symptoms, again, write down a number from one to five. Feelings of being overwhelmed and overburdened. Numbing. I don't know if you know, emotion, there is such a thing as emotional numbing. I'm not talking about people that have to shut down emotionally to cope or to survive. Numbing emotionally means that you're just not feeling anything. Distancing from people or clients, or if you have clients, those kind of things. Intrusive images. Sympathetic magic. That's identifying and taking on another person's pain. We take on their energy because we're so sympathetic. I don't do sympathy. Look it up in the dictionary and see where it sits between. I can tell you where it sits between, but I'd be rude, so I won't. Frequent depressive moods. For no reason at all, you might feel down. You might not want to get out of bed. You might just feel depressed. Everything around you might depress you. The mental symptoms. Diminished ability in problem solving. Again, put down the numbers. Diminished ability and awareness to meet uh, physiological needs or psychological needs. Diminished ability to view self or others from more than one perspective. Diminished ability for empathy. Diminished ability for a sense of humor. If you have one, all of a sudden it disappears. You're going to miss it. Everybody around is going to miss it. Diminished ability for boundaries. Diminished ability to make self-protective decisions. They're the mental ones and these 
spiritual ones. General disruption of inner peace. Again, go from one to five. Feelings of grief, despair, or guilt. Loss of meaning. Feelings of emptiness. Feelings of abandonment and betrayal. Disconnected from inner experiences and resources. Now, these are for your own awareness to sort of take inventory on yourself. It's a really good way to gauge where you're at and what you might want to do. And I'm going to talk about vicarious trauma. And again, I encourage anyone that wants to call in and ask questions on 888-429-5471-323-744-4841 or anybody on the panel that may have um questions because dealing with trauma day-to-day increase your risk of vicarious trauma and i've already already went over all the signs so we're i'm going to go over the definition because vicarious trauma affects a person that feels indirectly or vicariously through another person or anything that might be going on in the world it's very common among some professionals especially healthcare workers lawyers and counselors Anybody in the mental health field, as we've noticed with the um, with the virus for the last two years, an awful lot of mental health people have been extremely traumatized, and that's all vicarious trauma. Actually, I've worked with some of them, and it's it's they just don't know what to do. They're just totally, totally burnt out. So. Um, it's a type of trauma that can cause mental health issues like poor traumatic stress, like post-traumatic stress disorder and depression. Now, what it does for people who already have post-traumatic stress disorder, it brings it up in them even more. And it employs where it's like a person experienced vicariously. It reminds them of their own trauma. It'll bring up their own trauma. It'll create anxiety. It'll create fear. And even if you never had trauma in your life, you're lucky. That's what I would say. Um, You may not have had it directly, but you may have had it indirectly by witnessing. A lot of people grow up in households witnessing trauma. And that sometimes is, is just so traumatizing, I guess you would say. And how how you're learning how it affects you. And psychologically it affects you. Because it can, it, can, it can appear in many different ways. I mean, you definitely can have trouble trusting people after you see the harm that they're capable of. Feel hopeless and depressed because Sometimes, no matter how we reach out and how many people we try to help, nothing changes. Or sometimes the hopeless and depression come from feeling hopeless around the trauma that you're experiencing vicariously, especially on a world level, because there's no escape anymore. Technology is so advanced that we know every little thing that's going on. We have a caller, of course, most certainly who is it? Are they online? 
Hello? Yes. Um, I have a question for you. Um, and what's your would name? Would you like my first name? Uh, my name is yeah. Paula. Paula, yes. Yes. And I am looking to uh, ask, what career am I here to do? My skills that I have no longer serve me as being enjoyable. Well, what do you do now? I do basically administrative work. Okay. Well, Paula, That's what I'm in my past. Yes. What I'm getting is that you're a people person. I am, yes. Yes. And that and that uh one of the uh one of the things that one of the things that you haven't even thought about would be for you to teach or train training people. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, training people. So you need to really start focusing on where your gifts are and formulating them into some kind of a training pattern and then and then market it or whatever it is that you do with it. Because you have a clarity about you that you don't really use full. You're a little bit afraid of it. You're a little bit afraid of the rejection of it or the failure of it. I'm trying to figure out which path. So, but that gives me um, some great insight into that. So that would probably require going back to school for a little bit, I would imagine. Good. Well, that depends on what you want to train about. Always, you can always train about what you know. And the other part is just check out some of your fears, your fear of rejection and your fear of failure. They're not real strong, but they're there. But the, the training will bring them up. And remember, they're just fears. They're not valid. And you just do what you do best. Okay. Okay. That sounds great. Well, thank you so very much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling in. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Yeah. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we're going to get back bye to bye. the period. Bye bye, Paula. Avoid. Um, we're going to get back to um, the vicarious trauma and some of the symptoms of it. I was talking about the hopelessness of the depression and feeling helplessness. We can't do anything for people. We feel that. Avoid. And um, also, the other thing is procrastination. Avoiding doing what we're supposed to do, being tardy, distracted, looking for any excuse. These are all can be symptoms when they're brought to another level. Worrying constantly about whether you're doing enough to help others. We're always doing enough to help others. If we are those people, we have Shawina. I can pronounce it wrong on line two. Okay. We will take the time out to talk to you and you can tell me your name. Am I the Hello? Power? Yes. Hi. Hi, Nina. This is Sonia. Good to have you back. And I've been looking forward to having a moment to ask you a personal question. Okay. It's funny. I hear my echo. It is about about my mother. This is Sonia, right? Yes. Yes, Sonia. Can you hear me? Let me put it on a pillow here because my phone has a very sensitive speaker. My mother passed away in 1999. And she, she, when she transitioned, she did it, unfortunately, in a very fearful, panicky mode. When she, I can't hear you very clearly. Tanya, I can't hear you very clearly. Okay, let me get off the Is this better? 
Is this better? It's little, yes, it's a little better. Yes. And your okay, mom, what about your mom? Sorry, Omina, you might. My mom passed confused. away in 1999. And the moment she passed away, she, she transitioned in a moment of emotional panic. She, when she realized she was detaching from the physical body. And after that, she was roaming around. Remember, she passed away in Peru. I'm here in Los Angeles, California, following me uh, until I realized what was happening. I did any, every necessary work, even guided by a director of a clairvoyant and healing school. Um, and supposedly, she was uh, guided to the light, to live, to be in peace. And then this last... Uh, uh, November, no, I'm sorry, February 24th, I was working with a, um, um, what do you want to call it, healer, intuitive, uh, a person of high rank in so far as his spiritual teachings. And just without me asking, he said about what the work that I do and asked for my mother who needs help in healing. What kind of help is he talking about? This was February. I've been okay, doing whatever okay. I need to do, okay. but I okay. am assuming that when somebody transitions, they don't need our help from here anymore. In many ways, I thought she was in a in a wonderful plane of peace. So if you can please tap into her, if you need her name, her name is Marcella. Okay, Sonia, slow down. Her name is Marcella? Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Okay. And the question was, what does she need help with? Okay, give me a second. She is saying that she's getting all the help that she needs where she's at. That the problem is that when she's not ready to do it, she's not doing it. And that she will be able to manage it on her own. She totally trusts the guy that she has working with her. And she's also the type of a person or mind or soul that has to understand what it is she has to correct within herself. And she would just enjoy the communication. She does not like to be told how to do it. She wants to be shown how to do it. And she has people on the other side, or souls, I should say, on the other side helping her with that. Does that help? Oh, wonderful. I mean, I don't have to be concerned about it. <laughs> really? Yes. She, yeah, that's, no. that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Absolutely okay. not. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Thank okay. you very much, Amina. And I love yeah. your topics. I love your conversation tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Do we have another person online? Is there somebody online too? Well, anyway. No, no, that's that was Sonia. So don't worry, Omina. That's fine. Oh, Carry okay. on. Okay. So I was at the um, who's at most risk for vicarious trauma. We all are. Some are more exposed than others at it. Um, you have medical care people, disaster relief people, mental health people, all of all of the above. The Everyone on this panel that works with people and that, that's trying to help everybody else that's looking at on on the world stage, so to speak, you might say. So 
again, I'm going to repeat that. You can have, oftentimes you have multiple things going on, especially police. You have a lot of public servants. We have an awful lot of people who are suffering from post-traumatic stress. And any of us that are not suffering from post-traumatic stress, we're still exposed to the vicarious trauma and both groups needs to know where, again, if you're hypervigilant, constant fear of death, disassociation to cope, you can have depressive episodes, which I mentioned earlier on, that if we understand that vicarious trauma, we can understand it as a form of empathy mixed with anxiety. It sort of helps our brain connect with the pain and the fear from another person in their situation. We can understand if we're doing that, that we are living through somebody else's trauma. And then we begin to think it's going to happen to us as well. If we don't think it, we fear it. Because that's what the imaginative part of our brain creates, that emotional connection of that fear, which is what contributes to experiences vicarious trauma. The other thing, if we tell people we understand exactly what they feel, we think they're validating them when actually we're traumatizing ourselves through their experience. I can tell you from experience working with people and they've taught me everything I know. They want us to listen to them. They don't want to hear from us that we know how they're feeling because the truth is we don't. We're not experiencing what they're experiencing. And the truth is, we don't want to experience what they experience. That's part of putting up the boundary and knowing I can sit, I can listen, I can validate them. You can understand to a degree where they're coming from or by validating them as, as much as saying as that must have been a terrible experience for you because now you're letting them know you believe them and that was a real experience for them. because. Um, they're, they're the important things. People just really want validation. They want to know if we hear them. But you're, you're more vulnerable to vicarious trauma if you have a personal history of it. Heightened empathy, trouble recognizing your own emotions because if we're very traumatized, it's much easier to recognize somebody else's emotions. Lack of support from anywhere or lack of information or knowledge around the subject, not being aware. Anyone that's experienced vicarious trauma, I would definitely suggest that you put into your search engine and find out all about it, because it makes a huge difference when you are knowledgeable about it, because knowledge is power, and it gives you more power over your well-being. Well, I have a question, Omina, whenever yeah. it's appropriate. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I'm feeling like people will be thinking vicarious trauma, that that has to do with, say, my hearing from a grandparent, maybe, about what they suffered during the Great Depression, or how, say, a mother or a sibling talking about being um, assaulted in some way at some point. And it can happen that way, but can't it also happen 
because we're sitting here watching, say, a news report about people getting their getting their homes bombed in the Ukraine or wherever, Palestine, etc. And you or and I or I have repressed or suppressed memories of being at war in other lives, and it brings up that trauma. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Is that vicarious trauma? Absolutely. It's all vicarious trauma. Anytime you're you're looking at something, hearing something, even watching a movie or listening to stories, if it invokes a feeling in you and it's uncomfortable, then it's bringing up trauma. Usually we can discern when it's only a movie. But if there's any hidden feelings in there, it's going to stir them up. Because what's going to happen you're going to get up and turn off the television and say, I can't watch this anymore. Now, if you have a high imagination, I'm a very high imagination, and I'm sure a lot of us does, you can imagine yourself being there in the bombing and trying to save your children or your family or whatever it is. That's vicarious trauma. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And and yeah, any time you can feel, this is where our empathy sometimes goes over the boundary. So we have to learn to have boundaries where to, my boundary is God bless them. That's how I, that's how I protect myself. Because that stops me from going there because I, I can bilocate there. I will do that to do healing work. But Initially, you don't get it. You're not thinking healing, Mark. You're thinking of the trauma, what it's doing to the children, what it's doing to everybody, what it's doing to the families. Okay? And that's where you have to learn to put a boundary up there. And and you just send the love and the light. And remember, it's not the soul's reality. Mm. The pain is there. The suffering is there. But that's not the soul's reality. When a soul is released from all of that, it's more joyous. But that, but that's not something you really can tell somebody when they're going through that pain. They don't want to hear about that because their pain is real to them. It's real to me if I'm going through it. Telling me that but anything else just doesn't do it. But what we're going to have out of this is a lot of people with PTSD. Uh, a lot of people are experienced with all. And a lot of people that have, that have um, trauma, they're going to re-experience the trauma through flashbacks or nightmares. It's got to come out somewhere. And if there's any of those, or negative thoughts and feelings around trauma, such as blaming ourselves for, the, for incidents of feeling numb, sometimes we feel guilty because we feel nothing. Well, the numbness is a sign of vicarious trauma. I mean, sometimes you're just going to be numb if you listen to the news every day. I would suggest don't listen to the news every day. And and watch a funny movie. Or I agree. Yeah, something that, you know, that uh, something that sort of makes you laugh. And the arousal after trauma in the forms of insomnia, irritability, anxiety, and so on. Sometimes we walk around don't even know why we're irritable. Some people are are anxious all the time because they don't know when the next shoe is going to drop. That's all hypervigilance from trauma. And then you upload it, you're downloaded, I should say, more from what's going on with all the rest of the world. And sometimes with your neighbor next door. You know, some people just freeze because they don't know what to do. 
and it's and it's it's really really difficult an awful lot of people are left homeless because of what's going on today and that's in our country alone never mind some other country we don't even have a war going here and you have an awful lot of we have different wars and you have an awful lot of people that are being homeless that's all that's all stress and it's post-traumatic stress because you never know when you're ever going to be safe again Mm. well well, I, you know, I've got another question, which is that if we've all experienced trauma and, you know, I appreciate your descriptions because it's very helpful because I feel like a lot of people, are, a lot is coming up right now. Yeah. All the energy is going to the earth. People feel intuitively big things are happening. Oh, yes. And they also are remembering the last time I felt a huge change like this. You know, somewhere away in the back of their mind, they've got some ancestral memory in their DNA or and or uh, past life uh, painful well, the experience. Thing is, Don't you think it's complex PTSD for everybody in a way? Well, no, no. Complex TBST, TB, ah, complex <laughs> PTSD is different than PTSD. PTSD yeah. brings up a memory. Yes. Complex PTSD puts you right back in where it all happened and you're experiencing it like for the first time ever again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that uh, that's really different in that sense. The thing about the past life stuff, it's if you haven't done the work, if anybody out there hasn't done the work, it's going to be traumatizing. You've got to do the work and come to a place of peace with it because we've all done what everybody is doing now. That's how we reach compassion. That's how we reach empathy because we've all done it. That's just the, the world is this huge accelerated university for souls. They all come at all stages, yeah. all ages, all places, and they all play it out to the fullest because they all think they're all powerful and they want power and they create havoc. Most, a lot of souls do that. Not all, because some are grown. We can have compassionate fatigue. It's a kind of a physical, emotional, and spiritual exhaustion. It often happens when you spend too much time caring for others and neglecting your own needs. Because we think we have to be doing, 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 doing. Instead of saying, wait a minute, I need time out. And if you get to where you need time out, take it out because nobody's going to give it to you. You can only take it out for yourself. Have them talk to the hand, have them talk to the wall, have them write it down, whatever they want to do. But I need an hour away from you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that is so great. Well, you know, uh, uh, it, what's interesting is I, I did your quiz and I was shocked that I had rare one for everything except physical. That was more like around a three. And I thought, am I shoving everything? You know what I mean? But people go into this thing where they say, oh, I'm, I'm quite an enlightened individual. And they shove all the stuff. The, the, truth, the truth is with enlightened individual, a lot of people that are enlightened, they yes. forget that they're still in a physical body. Yes. And as long as we're part of this earth, I don't care who you are. I don't care how evolved you are. I'm a pragmatic spiritualist. 
we're still stuck in a physical body that's subject to physical earth the way it's made up. So we're not, we have not, the earth has not been transformed yet. Our spiritual bodies may be, but Mother Earth is still going to do what Mother Earth does. And we're part of that. We're going to grow. We're going to not grow. We're going to rock. We're going to regrow. We're going to keep doing that. So, and it's good to be aware of the compassionate uh, fatigue. An awful lot of uh, servant souls are very much compassionate fatigued. Excuse me. The problem with compassionate fatigue, what can happen is it can turn into resentment and anger because they don't know how to take care of themselves and they have the expectation of others to take care of them. Well, that is not going to happen. Well, uh, now, when you talk about overwhelm, can that happen without us fully knowing that we're overwhelmed, you know? Oh, absolutely. That's why, that's why I went through the whole physical, mental, emotional, spiritual symptoms. Exactly, yeah. You pay attention to them so you become more aware of more aware of what you're, what you're feeling, getting into your body. An awful lot of people stay out of their bodies because they don't want to be in their bodies. I mean, I learned that for years when I worked with people living with addiction. Oh, my God, when they gave up the drugs and went into recovery, they couldn't stand their bodies because now they're in their bodies. It's not taking them out of it. They couldn't stand them. And they would say, I never had problems like this before. Well, of course you didn't because you didn't stay in your body long enough to experience it. You're too busy getting high or getting drunk or whatever the case may have been. So if we're not into that, then we're going to feel everything that's going on in our bodies. If we're shut down from our bodies, our body is going to let us know it's there because it's going to kick us in the ass and give us a sickness or give us something. That's not genetically predisposed. It's just going to come along and go, wham, you need to slow down. And there you got a broken leg or a broken arm or you're sick for a while or whatever. Something will manifest. So, and you you end up feeling drained like you no longer have the energy to care. You lose touch with your own self and sense of self. That's compassionate fatigue. Yeah. And then you can come up You know, it's a great time to use anger to energize because it's a healthy way to use anger to energize. Okay. So what I'm going to do is go into a list of the things you can do to cope with the mental, the emotional, the physical. And they're just suggestions for people. They're pathways to personal empowerment. We think we can empower people. We can't. But we can definitely give suggestions and show them how to. Because the bottom line is I can talk my head off. The other person still has to do the work. I have to do the work. We all have to do the work. But let's say if it's physical. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So for physically, the the best thing to do is get up and move. I don't care if you walk around your apartment 20 times a day, do it. Go outside if you can. Any kind of exercise. Have a massage. If you cannot have a massage, sit on your chair, go into meditation, 
Have your guys give you a massage. Have the energy give you a massage. All you have to do is ask. Lie back, play music, and visualize getting a massage. It works. can change your eating habits. Eat high-energy foods. Fruits, vegetables, cheese, whatever. Stay away from the sweets and the carbs because they will drain your energy. I'm not saying you have to totally deprive yourself because that doesn't work either. But if you're going to eat a sweet, eat some protein with it. Find a new hobby or group activities. Do something you'd love to do. Do something you've never done before. That's all physical. Even if you can't go outside, there's a novel of physical videos on the TV. Watch a physical video there. Dance to the music. Even if you can't get up and walk, dance with your hands and your legs on the ground. Whatever it is, there's, there's always things you can do. Now, for the emotional part of it, it's to be aware that maybe you're over emotionally about things. So pull back and use your mental process instead, not your emotional body. Think instead of feeling. If you're a feeling person and feel too much, stop it. Because you can, you've got that power. Think instead. Because you can't think feelings. You can name the feelings, but you can't think them. So if you go into something else, think them. Sort out the conflicts and talk about an experience that affects you. Even if it's talk to yourself, talk to somebody else. And I would suggest when you're talking to somebody else, ask them are they willing to listen to you. If they are, tell them you don't want any feedback. You just want them to listen to you. And now we talk about your experience. If you want feedback, ask them for it. You can use counseling or if you're working, use supervision or therapy, or talk to somebody. It's all, it works. If you, if you have something that's really bothering you, focus on what you want to discuss and who you want to discuss it with. Obviously, if you're being pre-traumatized, you're going to be very picky about who you're going to trust. So definitely focus on what you want to discuss and leave nothing out if you can. Use positive self-talk. If you find yourself putting yourself down, stop it. One of the questions to ask is, where does that come from? Where's that self-talk? Where does that negative self-talk come from? If it comes from a parent, a sibling, a grandparent, whoever, give it back to them. Because it's not working for you. As I said before, use anger as an energizer. When I get really upset, I'll clean house like crazy. I'll work it off lot out. Why they would that? Alone. And accept self. That's the big thing. Accept who you are, the way you are, because that's power. Once you, it's amazing. Once you accept yourself, nobody, nobody, nobody has power over you to put you down or tell you, even that self-talk of the way, that negative self-talk, when you accept who you are. So that's the emotional part. Have those boundaries. 
the mental part is expand your expand your frame of reference. Sometimes we only have one frame of reference. And that might be, I'm going to use an example of a child growing up in the house and they only have one frame of reference to how parents are because they're not exposed to other parents. That would be one of all parents. They would generalize universally. All parents are alike. That's not true. So you expand your frame of reference no matter what the subject is. Challenge your intellect. It's amazing how we expand when we challenge our intellect or somebody else challenges us because it makes us think. It makes us expand our our energy and our brain and where we can go with that. Spend a little more time in your mind if you are mentally fatigued from everything in a different way. This is the way to counteract it. Analyze your blocks. So select a vocation, which is different than a career. That's something that you never did before and you'd like to do, at least you'd like to try it. Read about it. Become an expert on something. I became an expert once a time on Irish knitting on the cable sweaters and I taught people how to do it. Then I outgrew it, which was fine with me. And if you're out in touch with your spiritual self or whatever spirituality you have, connect and reconnect with self and others. Find positive people to hang out with or even have a conversation with. Have personal reflection time. Some people do that through diary writing, through whatever their experiences might be or recording it. That's one way of reconnecting yourself and having uh, personal reflection time. Accepting self-doubts. Again, I'm going to go back into we're in the human body. We're going to have those experience. Doesn't mean we have to believe them, but if we accept them, it takes the power out of them. Share the grief. If you're grieving, join a grief group. Share it. It helps take the burden off you. Find your place of worship. Whether it's a church, a mosque, a temple, the backyard, the woods, wherever it is, it's that's your that's connecting to your spiritual self. Meditate. Meditation does not have to be a big thing. You just close your eyes and put yourself somewhere peaceful. Because once your eyes are closed, you're already in a meditative state because you're blocking out all the stimuli. There's so much stimulation in this world. I don't know how our brains even handle it. Clarify your values and take a stand on your beliefs. Clarify what's important to you. What are your values? What's your belief system? Belief systems change all the time as we experience different things. So you take you take an inventory on what's your belief system? What do you and stand up for them? It's like if somebody comes into me and they're all into something that is going to traumatize me, I just say you need to stop that. We need to talk about something else. And commit to something that you like. 
I love reading. It puts me to sleep every night. I love movies. I'm going to watch them. Because it takes me totally out of my head. And I'm totally into what I'm watching. And I'm totally enjoying it. Otherwise, I'm not watching it. Unless I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to read a book unless I'm going to enjoy it. I love traveling. I'm not going anywhere if I don't think I'm not going to enjoy it. It's just not going to happen. It's like these are the things of self-care. So they're my my suggestions to self-care when you are vicariously traumatized. What's going on in your life, around your life, with other people, around the world. Because it works. But you've got to do it on a daily basis. None of us, none of us should ever be too busy that we can't take out 10 minutes for ourselves or even five minutes. What I do is I make a cup of tea, a cup of tea, and I sit down and not just going to get me off of that chair or that couch until I have my tea drink. I've been like that most of my life and it works. I used to have my, when I worked and my kids were in high school and at that time I was a waitress and they would come in rushing at the door at 3.30 and my youngest one, of course, would be the one that was the loudest. Mom, can I, can I, can I? I would say, you, I, I sat down, I said, look, you asked me the first half hour, it's definitely going to be a no. Because I would have just committed from work myself, sitting down, having my cup of tea, just chilling out. I said, first half hour, you, you come at me like that, it's going to be a definite no. If you wait till the second half hour, it'll probably be a maybe. But if you wait till the third half hour, it'll definitely be a yes. It took him a while to learn that, but he learned it. It's like, don't come at me. You're coming in. I'm coming in. Don't come at me like that because it'll be a definite no. Doesn't matter whether you're grown up or you're a kid or wherever you are. And the other thing is, do not start my day with yelling and screaming or anything. It's not allowed anywhere in my life. No one should start their day like that. That's the first way to calm down your stress and everything else, if you're cohabitating, if your family is there, if they're loud or whatever they are. Sorry. Need to bring it outside, not here. Their ways of coping and their ways of maintaining your mental, your emotional, your physical and your spiritual health is putting boundaries up around all of those. So anybody have any questions? That is so great, Amina. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Oh, that is wonderful. And I love those boundaries you're talking about because that's how people can stay sane in these, these intense times. Absolutely. Saying, this is my quiet time. Do not interrupt. You know? That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because they learn to have boundaries too when you have them. Now, I'm, I want to go through the list, the first list about listing your first favorite animal. Oh, yeah. Is anybody willing to volunteer what it was? Yeah, I will if you want. <laughs> okay. So what's your first favorite animal? Oh, a dolphin. That's how you see yourself. Okay. What is your second favorite animal? A horse. That's how you would see your partner or your potential partner or your significant other. Okay. Your favorite time of the day? Early afternoon. That's where you are in your life. 
<laughs> I kind of doubt it. <laughs> That's awfully kind. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You're like you're in the middle of your life. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And you're sitting in an all-white empty room. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, that there should be a white grand piano in there. <laughs> oh, a white grand piano? Yeah. Ah. Like in the John Lennon Yoko Ono uh, yeah. video. <laughs> well, that, that, that tells me that it'll be musical for you when you're transitioning. Wow, wonderful. Yeah, that's death. So you're in the you're in the Amazon jungle. What's the first feeling that comes to mind? I feel too hot. It's too hot and sticky. <laughs> that's just sexuality. Oh my god! Hilarious. Isn't that fun? <laughs> oh no, that's hilarious. I have to yeah. try this now and ask different people. To- <laughs> oh, absolutely. We have Marianne on line one. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Marianne. Hi, Romina and everyone. Um, Hi, I have a question. Um, with all the things that you've been talking about this evening and all the, I have been under so much stress the last couple of weeks. Um, I have a granddaughter that was just told like three days before they were to sign a lease that they have to be, be out. Uh, I'm wondering if you could possibly tell me, is she going to find something by the 26th or the 28th of this month? Or is she going to have to come back to live with us? Uh, I'm just so worried about her. All right, stop worrying. She did she get did she get a notice to quit? Yes, she got. They they got. We reapplied. She reapplied for the the same place, and they told her that she was three points from staying there. And and I think it's because of the the prices that are going up here in in our in in around the world. No, 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 no. Marianne, have they served her a notice to quit, a legal document? Have they served no, her that? No, she, she's, looking, she's looking for a, an apartment. That, that's what's going on. She has, uh, um, they, they've been told that they have to get out of the apartment, the house they're living in. Her and, okay, uh, all right, Marianne listen, Marianne, listen to me, please. Yes. In evictions, if she has not gotten a notice to evict and she needs to borrow time, he cannot throw her out on the street. He has to go to court. If she doesn't leave voluntarily, he has to, the landlord or landlady has to go to court and get a legal eviction notice with a good reason why they want her out. That will then be settled in court and she will get maybe a month's notice from the court to say you need to vacate the property by the end of May, let's say. And that gives her time to look for somewhere else to go. He cannot legally. What state is she in? Uh, Texas. Okay. They just can't walk in legally and throw you out. The landlord will try and intimidate people to get out because they don't want to go to court to do it because it costs them money. But to land it on a person that doesn't have the time right away to look for what they need to look for, then they can say, okay, you want me out? Get Show me the eviction notice. Okay? Oh, okay. Okay. 
So, so you're all okay, now they worried have been about looking it. and say that again. They've been looking and looking, and they're still not getting, they're still not having any any luck, and uh, their income is just not what everybody wants. And and it's I don't know. It's just, I I I she's thirty years old. I've got to learn to leave her be herself and let her take care of things herself. Well, because she's taken care of them up to now, hasn't she? Or has she not? Yeah, oh yes, yes. The last, yes, the last three years. I mean, she doesn't ask me for nothing. She just calls and we talk to each other. And yeah, she takes care of everything herself. Wonderful. Next time she calls, you ask her, did she get an eviction notice? Okay. okay. All right. After she got an eviction notice, okay. and if she didn't tell her, we'll ask your landlord for it because that gives her a little more time, especially if she's paid her rent on time. And she's paid yeah, her rent she has. She's, Okay, so the landlord has come up with she's a good paid her reason. rent on time. She's paid it early. Yes. Well, then you see, all that's in her stead. The landlord, if he has to go to court to get an order to, to evict her, he has to show a reason why he wants her out of there. He, you can get people evicted out of there if they're destroying the property, if it's lack of rent, if they're back in the rears of the rent. So he has to give a good reason why he wants her out of there. So educate her about that. Okay. All right. At least okay. Until, yeah, because that way it gives her time to find somewhere else. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so very much. That helps You're a very, lot. You're very welcome, Marianne. Okay. Thank you for your, for all you go, you all do. We appreciate it. Oh, that's You're welcome. <laughs> so, anybody else got any questions before we say good night? I just want to say it was such a joy to spend the evening with you, Lady Master Omina. Well, thank you very much, Tara. And I can't tell you how it's not a coincidence that it's St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I know. I mean, I this know. is. Literally the first time for how many? Three months at least when you had your your day to be with us. Absolutely. And it's it's funny about St. Patrick. I think it's probably the first Italian that was ever made an Irishman. Oh. Is that <laughs> well, because, right? Yeah, I think he was Italian first. Yeah. No, he I wasn't think. Irish. No, I keep wasn't. trying to tell people that. <laughs> No, he wasn't Irish. They sent him over there to convert the pagans. Yeah, indeed. In the, in the fifth God. century. Yeah, in the fifth century. So drive, drive the snakes out of Ireland is how they put it. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think there was ever snakes in Ireland because it was on an island in the Atlantic no. Ocean. No, it was all symbolic, you know. That yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, the, you know, the snake, I know, the snake represented the devil. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. but anyway, it's it's a worldwide holiday celebration for many people because, as you know, the Irish are all over the world. That's for oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, this was a lot of fun. So, hopefully, everybody out there will have gained something from it to help them with their stress and help them find more peace. Yeah. And come into a place that's peaceful and quiet. And it's only going to happen if you create it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you so much, Amina. You're Just welcome. Wonderful. So Thanks needed. So Perfect timing for this, yes. this, this show. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Amina. You're welcome. <laughs> so shall we call on Don or, or no Penny is going to play or have the music played, Penny? Where did Penny go? Well, it's not Penny that's going to do it. Penny, Penny sent the music that Don needs. To Don, play. Don's on it. Don's on it. Yes, All right, wonderful. <laughs> okay. Well, I will listen to the music and good night, everybody, and have a wonderful weekend. Good night. Thank you so See much. You all next week. No, thank you. Good night. Good, good night. Thank you to our listeners. Good night, everyone. Namaste. Good night, everyone. Good night. Namaste, Randy. <laughs> Captain Randy. <laughs>